Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. On this show, we're going to review of Celebrity Constellation from Kristen and her husband, Scott. They just returned from a five-night Western Caribbean sailing out of Port Everglades, so uh, looking forward to that review uh, a little later on in the show. Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, is standing by with Cruise News. Uh, before we get to him, don't forget about a couple of things. Our Facebook group, Cruise Radio News, uh, seek us out on there. Also, if you want to follow us on Snapchat, we're on there. It's all one word, just Cruise Radio. All right, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, standing by with Cruise News. What's up, Stuart? Hey, Doug. How's it going? Good, man. I, I bit my the side of my lip twice today, so I'm like talking like Donald Duck over here, so just bear with me. Jumping right to it, more cruise lines canceling Turkey. We saw MSC in the past, but a couple more lines are doing it now. First off, uh, is this going to be for the rest of the year or, or what? Well, right now, it's let's just say it's, it's indefinite. Okay. Uh, the latest was Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings, which is the parent company of Norwegian Cruise Line, Oceana, and Regent. They're bidding uh, farewell to uh, Turkish ports because of uh, security concerns, mm-hmm. and you know a lot of people don't realize that. I mean, you know, the, there's there's so much fluctuation going on in the world, and it's nice to know that the cruise lines are constantly monitoring each and every port that their ships visit to determine whether or not it's safe for their ships, their passengers, and crew to visit. And uh, we saw last year where Celebrity, on many of their sailings, Doug, they had, you know, let's say overnight. So you had essentially two days in Istanbul, for example. And then what they did is they canceled the overnight. That meant that they had a day at sea or a a day at another port and then arrived in the morning to disembark the passengers and then pick up new passengers and take off. But uh, other lines are saying, we're not even going there. So it's, it's definitely something that is in flux. But uh, they felt strongly enough that uh, it was not safe for them to visit. We haven't heard any word out of Royal Caribbean or Carnival yet. Uh, I'm just curious, like, for the folks who are sailing the Med this summer and calling into Turkey, like on Carnival Vista, should they be concerned or what? Well, I mean, I mean when I say concerned, I mean, it's, it's something that they're watching. And keep in mind that, that Carnival is in, in Holland America. I mean, they're, they're owned by the same companies. It is something that their security teams are evaluating to determine whether or not it's safe enough. Mm-hmm. But it does look like a lot of cruise lines are pulling out. So it is very possible that uh, I would not consider going on a cruise if Istanbul is, you know, I mean, just keep in, just, just keep in mind that Istanbul may be uh, replaced or eliminated from an itinerary. Okay, very interesting. Moving on here, Royal Caribbean has some issues with some protesting in Labadee, which is their private spot in Haiti. Uh, what was causing these cancellations, and has this been resolved yet? Well, it, it appears it was resolved. What essentially was happening, Doug, is that there were people that were protesting the elections, 
and you know they they wanted to make sure that people knew that uh, their elections were having problems, which we knew it's it, it is on the newscast. But uh, you know they had some people that wanted to get some more press out there, so they uh, they showed up uh, when you know uh, Freedom of the Seas was arriving in Labadee, which is on the north end of of the island, about a ten and a half hour drive away from Port-au-Prince, for example. And uh, they do employ thousands of you know local Haitians, but uh, th- this group of people wanted to protest to get their voices heard that uh, they're very upset with uh, what's going on with their own presidential elections. So the Haitian government has stepped in and assured Royal Caribbean that these uh, protests will not reoccur, which uh, this way Royal Caribbean can resume sailings to call at Labadee. Okay. Good news there. Uh, moving on here, Holland America's new ship, the Koningsdam, it's, uh, their Vista-class ship, I believe, coming out in just a couple of months. It completed sea trials, which is a major milestone for a new build. Uh, what are we going to see next, and how did it do during sea trials? Well, apparently it did uh, exceptionally well. This was actually the second set of sea trials, so they've completed you know, both sets of sea trials, and now the ship is in its final completion stages, you know, where the rest of the ship is being, uh, you know, fitted and, you know, cabins and, and public areas are being completed. And uh, it's going to be, let me, Doug, I'm, I'm really excited. This is going to be a great ship. I mean, you know, 2016, we're going to see more new ships in the, you know, entering the U.S. market than we've seen probably in the last 15 years. Hmm. And it's also going to be a year her- heralded by, you know, some really cool ships. And, and definitely I'd have to put Konings Dam in there. So right now she's being built in Monta, you know, in uh, in Italy. It's going to be pretty exciting to see her as she uh, she even gets closer to her uh, upcoming debut. Speaking of new ships, we've also been seeing a lot of refurbs lately, and it looks like Norwegian Cruise Line and Princess Cruises are next in line for multi-million dollar refurbishments. So what are we going to see? NCL has called their uh, their upgrade the. Norwegian Edge, which mm-hmm. they're going to, you know, they, they do have a fleet of ships that were built in different eras, some designed by other cruise companies, but uh, they're they're going to try to, they're going to be taking a lot of the amenities and, and restaurants that are on some of the other ships and uh, put them on their older ships. And it's going to be a two-year project. It's expected that they'll spend about $400 million through 2017. And, you know, they're trying to elevate the onboard experience for their passengers to uh, essentially make each ship more reminiscent of the other. Mm. What about Princess? In Princess, you know, they've got the, the comeback new promise. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so they're going to be, uh, you know, spending about $450 million uh, on their multi-year project to uh, renovate uh, ships. And they're also uh, putting in some new specialty restaurants. They've got Curtis Stone who's going to be putting the restaurants on some of the ships. They're going to be adding uh, luxury beds, which uh, their sister company, uh, you know, started uh, back in I guess it was 1997 and 1998, when the hotel industry went on a bedding craze mm-hmm. that uh, followed uh, suit by the cruise industry. So uh, you know, it's almost uh, I guess what 18 years later, uh, Princess, you know, you know, wants to you know institute their uh, Princess luxury beds that uh, they're going to put, and uh, they're going to introduce gastro pubs, salty dog. Gastropub, and you know they're just trying to again make each ship a unique destination and uh, reminiscent you know, with what's available on on the newer ships that are coming out. Cool, Norwegian Getaway. Now this ship was pretty much purpose built for the Miami market. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, there's so much of Miami 
it, it, on the ship. Infused in it, yeah. So uh, they just announced that it's going to be spending some time in Europe in, uh, in what, 2017? In 2017, the ship is now slated to uh, go visit the, the Baltic capitals and reposition from Miami to Copenhagen. So they're, they're seeing some stronger results in Europe. So for the first time in their history, they're going to have five ships in Europe in the summer of 2017. And it uh, looks like a pretty big focus in the Baltic area. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So, uh, you know, just, just differing, they're, they're going to be offering different kinds of experiences to different destinations. And they're just trying to differentiate. They believe that with Norwegian Escape, you know, while a getaway is gone, I guess you could say when Getaway got away, right. they're going to have escape, and uh, she'll start to do Eastern and Western Caribbean. So I guess they feel they've got enough ships in the Caribbean over the summer that they wanted to try something different. Maybe look, maybe uh, you know, up the game a little out there. It seems like Norwegian has been building ships like purpose built for different cities. Like Breakaway is exclusive to to New York City with the whole art. Getaway is the same. Escape is the same for South Florida and the Miami area. Doesn't it seem like it'd make more sense to make them not really so city-specific so you can interchange them around, or does that really not matter? I, I, Doug, I don't think it matters. No. I mean, there's a lot of you know features on, let's say, Escape that even on uh, Getaway that, uh, you know, let's look, it's a little bit of South Florida, for example, Art Deco, you know, style, you know, you know in, in different places. So it just brings, it brings that kind of a destination closer to others. So, you know, having a little bit of Miami in, uh, in Europe, you know, not a big deal. You know, if New York, if a breakaway broke away and uh, they, they put that in Alaska or China, for example, I mean, it wouldn't make a bit of difference. I mean, it's just, you know, they, they, oh, if it, I guess if it went to China, they'd have to, you know, obviously make uh, a lot of changes to it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if they moved it to, you know, to the Caribbean or, you know, let's say it went to Alaska or they even moved that to Europe, it wouldn't make much of a difference. A ship's a ship. It's still going to float and go from port to port, right? Exactly. Okay, there we go. Last but not least here, Stuart, uh, a lot of cruise lines are trying to sell a lot of inventory in the winter months. It's called wave season. Royal Caribbean has a sale happening, but Carnival has one right now that's really turning heads. Uh, it's a reduced deposit sale, $99 per stateroom. Now, let's just say a normal seven-night sailing is 250 per person on Carnival. So that'd be 500 a stateroom. So right now, it's $99 per stateroom through, I think, like January 30th or something. Are these really like are these really big deals or what? Well, I mean, it's a significant drop in the deposit requirement, which essentially, you know, the, Doug, there may be a lot of people that may be a lot of first-timers that may not be sure they want to go and they want to minimize risk. But, I mean, you either have the money to go on the cruise or you don't. So whether you put down $49 or the traditional $250 on a seven-night cruise, it really doesn't make that, that much of a difference. But, uh, you know, this is the time of the year they're offering. I mean, essentially, it's look, it's the same sales that they kind of run all year long. They have the drink packages. You know, they're, they're offering different kinds of amenities. But, you know, I, I tell people just kind of look past this because a lot of times these amenities just mask higher cruise pricing. You know, bookings um, are across the board for each of the lines, Doug, is ahead of the same time last year. In fact, it's better now. They've got better booking loads than they've had since, let's say, 2008. So, I mean, they're doing well. They are raising prices. There are still, you know, good deals to be had. But uh, just don't get swayed by, you know, the, the amenity programs. Look at the bottom line price. Look what you're getting for it. What kind of cabin you're getting. 
and, and make a decision on that. Don't don't get you know swayed by a fifty dollar shipboard credit and maybe uh, you know a free photo credit or some worthless coupon book. Are you saying it doesn't amount to a hill of beans? It may not amount to a hill of beans, <laughs> okay, Doug. It's, gotcha. it's like you know the Thanksgiving, a lot of stuffing and uh, not a whole lot of meat. But, right. Uh, you know the ninety nine dollar. You know, look. I mean, that's as low a deposit as any cruise line has ever charged. Mm-hmm. So I think what Carnival, the bottom line is what Carnival is trying to do is they're just trying to make it as easy for people to make a decision to go on what could very well be one of the best vacations they've ever had. We've been talking with Stuart Shearer on The Cruise Guy. Find him online at cruiseguy.com or follow him on Twitter at cruiseguy. Thank you, man. My pleasure. You're listening to Cruise Radio, part of the iHeartRadio Talk Network. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. We'd love to hear your comments. Email comments at CruiseRadio.net. We always like to get your cruise reviews here on the show. If you have one you'd like to share, shoot me an email, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. Kristen and her husband, Scott, just returned back from a five-night sailing aboard Celebrity Constellation out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, uh, Western Caribbean sailing. And Kristen joins us on the line right now. Hey, Kristen. Hey, Doug. How are you doing? Good, good. Now, we're going to talk all about Celebrity Constellation, uh, but before we get to the ship, let's take a step back and give me some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to sail Celebrity Constellation? Well, it was a variety of factors. We had talked about wanting to do a Western Caribbean itinerary because we had not done that kind of an itinerary since our very first cruise back in 2001. We also were interested in an itinerary that featured Key West because neither of us had ever been there before. And we also thought this would be a good year to go back on Celebrity. We had sailed them once before in 2011 on an Eastern Mediterranean cruise, really enjoyed it, kind of wanted to chip away at making progress towards the next loyalty level. Mm -hmm. So all those factors combined, when I looked at uh, cruise options, this five-night itinerary jumped out because it did feature uh, a port stop in Key West. It was a little bit on the shorter side, which worked well into our vacation plans specifically this year. We weren't looking to do a really long cruise this year. Mm-hmm. And the opportunity to sail on on Constellation was appealing as well. It's about a 13-year-old ship. It's the last of the what they call the M-class ships before the newest, what they call the S-class, the Solstice, Equinox, etc. Um, but it had undergone a couple extensive 
renovations in the last few years, including a couple of years ago, they added a whole section of their aqua class staterooms, which we had never sailed in before. And so we thought that was a great opportunity to try aqua class. So all those factors combined, uh, we ended up choosing this particular early December sailing. I got a kick out of it because we're friends on Facebook and like every Friday you post your update on how long until you're like your cruise countdown. And didn't it start at like 600 and something days at one point? This one, I think, started somewhere in the 500, 500? day range. <laughs> okay. I looked back. I looked back at our booking documentation and we booked this cruise back in July of 2014. It was funny. One night in the dining room, we were next to a couple Again, you know, folks who live in the Fort Lauderdale area, so no biggie, right, for them to jump on a cruise. And they said, yeah, we booked this cruise about two weeks ago. And when I said, oh, yeah, we booked this like 500 days ago, their eyes just popped out of their head. They're like, oh, my God. (laughs) How was embarkation for you at Port Everglades? It was incredibly efficient. Uh, Because we were in aqua class, we were able to go through their priority check-in. We arrived at the port probably just about 10.30 in the morning and going through security, check-in, doing our little embarkation photo and being seated in the waited air- waiting area was maybe maybe 10 minutes, if that. Wow. It was super efficient. And what was even more impressive is we were seated for probably less than 10 minutes and they were already starting to let us on board the ship. Since you're aqua class, could you have went straight to your cabin if you wanted to? Celebrity uh, doesn't let you get into your staterooms uh, until uh, early afternoon. So in this particular cruise, it was about, I think it was about one fifteen or so, they made the overhead announcement that cabins were ready. So no, there was no, there was no early preference uh, for getting into your cabin because of aqua class. All right. Well, you said this was your first time on Celebrity Constellation. So what were your first impressions once you crossed the gangway and made your way onto the ship? As I mentioned, this ship is 13 years old, so I figured that it was not going to be maybe uh, as up-to-date as some of the newer ships that we've sailed on, on either Celebrity or Princess, but boy, were we wrong. Our expectations were blown away. When we walked on board and went through the interior spaces, and then I'll talk about the cabin later, you would never, ever know that the ship was 13 years old. It had Everything felt fresh and new. Um, Of course, everything was wonderfully decorated because it was December, so for the holidays. It was very, very impressive what they had done with the dry dock renovations and the ongoing obvious, you know, pride in in maintaining the ship. So we were really, we were really impressed. Very nice. So you make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you have and what were your impressions of it? So like I mentioned, we wanted to try Aqua Class. Mm-hmm. So we had, um, and I mentioned in the, in the most recent renovation of the ship, they added a whole section of Aqua Class cabins. So on Deck 11, there was a section of cabins added at the, at the rear of the ship, and we had uh, one of those new cabins. So we were on, we were on the starboard side, so we had uh, an outside balcony stateroom. And when you walked into the stateroom, Again, you, I mean, it even seemingly had that new ship smell. Uh-huh. It was that, it was that new and updated. In terms of space, uh, it had, you know, bedroom area and then kind of a living room area with a full-size sofa uh, and a desk and, and, and chair. And the balcony was, was a decent size. It was, ours was kind of had a little bit of an angle to it, so it was a little kind of an odd-sized balcony to give you a little bit more room. I really felt like... For those of your listeners who are familiar with Princess, mm-hmm. that it was 
it was comparable almost to a mini suite size, uh, which is a step up from standard balcony size on, on the princess line. This really felt almost mini suite size for a balcony stateroom. So that was very impressive. And then the bathroom was totally first rate glass door shower. Um, Aquaclass has a, has a shower head, you know, the kind of shower head that then has the, the jets that go all the way down. So it's like a wall of water kind mm-hmm. of shower head. It had that all beautiful appointed fixtures in the, in the bathroom. It even has a fog free mirror. Nice. So the overhead light, you could feel kind of the, the heat coming off of it. So it would keep the, keep the bathroom mirror fog free. Really, really first rate. We were very pleased with the stateroom. Uh, was there enough space for all of your stuff? There were lots of uh, storage areas. The oh, the one thing that that was a, an issue for us is one of our large suitcases would not fit under the bed. It was mm. just fat enough, I guess, <laughs> that uh, it would not fit under the bed. So we had to put it. We had to put it in the closet. Okay. Not a big deal, but. Let's uh, switch gears here and talk about dining. Of course, this ship did get some refurbishments, some dining venues and all the good stuff. So uh, let's start at the buffet area and work our way down. What do you think of the buffet area dining? On Celebrity, that's called the, uh, the Ocean View Cafe. And, you know, I wasn't sure what to expect there. I had been on Celebrity Equinox, which has a fantastic buffet area, lots of, of different stations. So the buffet is really well organized and, and laid out well. You didn't have traffic congestion and a whole lot of offerings. Being on a smaller ship, I was kind of expecting, well, probably not going to have that. So it might be a little bit more congested, more of like the traditional sort of buffet feeling that you get on some ships. And while it wasn't certainly as big as what's on an S class, nevertheless, it was still more spacious than I expected it to be. So you were able to move around well. What impressed me most, I think, about the buffet is celebrities' willingness to offer a variety of international foods and not, I guess, play down the authenticity of those foods. Some of the Indian foods, for instance, that are by nature, you know, spicy, they were spicy on the buffet. They weren't, you know, tamed down in any in any way. And I like that. I thought that was really great that they offered that variety and were and were authentic mm-hmm. to the to the types of dishes that were offered. So, so yeah, it was uh, so it was nice. It was it was a little bit better than I expected it would be. Very nice. Uh, how about the main dining room? What first off, what type dining did you have? Well, that's one of the biggest benefits of booking an aqua class stateroom, and many people will say that's really the prime reason why they book an aqua class stateroom is because you have your own dining room. It's called Blue, mm-hmm. and the only people that are allowed to dine in Blue are people staying in aqua class staterooms. So Blue is open for breakfast, and then it's open for dinner. We did breakfast uh, one morning in blue, so it offers, you know, made-to-order omelets and and a variety of of hot dishes. And then we ate in the dining room for for the five nights. The cuisine in blue sometimes gets, I guess, categorized or classified as healthy, and so some people kind of naturally don't like that. I, I I guess what I would say is you can certainly get what I would still call kind of non-healthy foods, if you will, but they tend to be prepared in a manner that maybe they have less sauce, um, lower sodium. The portions aren't outrageous, although I don't know that you really have oversized portions anyway these days in a main dining room. Mm-hmm. But so it was kind of more of a the, the manner of preparation, I guess, would give it the the sort of healthier label. In general, we found items each night on the dining room uh, menu that were appealing. Of course, they also kind of have a section of always available features uh, like salmon 
and uh, and a stay uh, New York Strip, I think it was. So most most nights we were we were pleased with the with the options available. And of course, this dining room, I'm not exactly sure how many aqua class staterooms there are on board, but I would say the dining room capacity, I'm guessing, is probably maybe a hundred. 150 people. So it's very small. So even though it, it operates on an anytime dining style, meaning you don't you don't have a set time, you come down whenever. If you're there at a peak time, you might get a pager and have to come back. No different than anytime dining on a main, in a main dining room. Mm-hmm. You got that, but you also ended up with maybe a little bit the higher level of service and personalized attention that you get when you do traditional fixed seating where people get to know you because it's so small. I mean, you're, you know, the, the wine, uh, sommelier come, you know, got to know me and knew, Hey, she likes Riesling. I'm bringing her a glass of Riesling. I mean, so you got sort of the benefits of we could decide when we wanted to dine earlyish or latish with the higher level of service and attention that you get with fixed dining. So blue is really, like I said, one of the biggest benefits of, of dining in aqua class. All right. Very nice. Let's switch gears here and talk about entertainment aboard Celebrity Constellation because I know I've only sailed the Solstice class ships with Celebrity and I know they have like the, the Cirque shows and the big drawn out production shows. Celebrity Constellation is a lot smaller than the Solstice class ships. So what is the entertainment like in the theater there? Well, that's one of the things that celebrities really focused on is revising and revamping their entertainment. I think I think I read that they're rolling out 18 new production shows in 18 months across the fleet. And so a couple of those were featured uh, on our sailing. Mm-hmm. Usually there would be two showings or two time slots each evening for the the main production show. We saw a couple of those, one of which was a brand new show, and it only is on the Constellations, called Illyria. And it's specifically the first adult-oriented production show. So it wasn't offered until, uh, I think it was 10.30 or 11. Mm-hmm. And explicitly, no kids, not that there were hardly any kids anyway on this on this sailing, but this is definitely adult, kind of a little bit more risque humor, a little bit more risque costumes. Um, so it was definitely not uh, child friendly. And so that was interesting to go to since, like I said, that was a brand new, a brand new show and the first ever adult oriented production show supposedly in the industry. So, hmm. so you had that as an entertainment option. A couple nights in the main theater would be, I guess you would call them the guest or the featured entertainers, which were some of the best uh, entertainment that I've ever seen. One was an illusionist named Jason Bishop, and he was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, sometimes I've seen illusionists on on other cruise lines before, and okay, you know, they can be entertaining or whatnot, but it seems like they kind of get more caught up in in themselves and ego and I don't know how to describe that. But this guy is quite funny. He's very down to earth and he's very interested in making sure that you see and understand everything that's going on. So he's got people on stage to inspect, you know, inspect the box. What do you see? Blah, blah, blah. Or close up cameras on what he's doing. And even with all of that, you still can't figure out how the hell he did whatever he just did. It was just really amazing. The other guest entertainer is a U2 tribute band based out of L.A. called L.A.Vation. Mm-hmm. If you're familiar with U2, you know that's a riff on their song Elevation. They were fantastic. They really got the crowd going. We were we were trying to get them to do an encore, and they were like, God, "We can't. It doesn't allow for an encore." Blah blah blah. You know, <laughs> it was it was really it was really great entertainment. Um, really enjoyed that. 
So, you know, that was one of the things that I thought when we sailed Celebrity back in 2011, that I really felt like they needed to kind of step up their game a bit was in the entertainment area. I really felt that, you know, Princess, in terms of a head-to-head comparison, really had a preferable entertainment uh, option, more options, things to do. I really think that Celebrity is trying to step up their game there and was pleased to see what, what they have done. Yeah. It's, how about around the ship as far as like musicians around the ship? Anything going on there? Yeah, they had a few different live band folks that would play in different different venues. Uh, they had a vocal guitar duo that uh, was pretty good. And then there was a individual vocal guitarist, um, and we listened to him a couple times. The only thing that was a, a little bit frustrating is, you know, they, they tried to move them around, right, to different, to different bars and lounges. Mm-hmm. Well, the coffee bar area they call Cafe El Baccio is located in the atrium area of the ship and it's one deck above the martini bar. Well, if you're looking for the hot spot on, on Constellation, uh-huh. and maybe this, is, maybe this is true of the other celebrity ships, I don't remember from, from our uh, sailing on Equinox, but definitely on Constellation, the martini bar was the hot spot on the ship. That place was absolutely packed, and so, as you can imagine, it was really loud. They had the techno trance dance music going on, and that was one deck below where you had this acoustic guitarist attempting to play oh in the coffee lounge i felt sorry for the guy i'm like yeah that's kind of bad bad programming in terms yeah. of putting putting the guitarist the the acoustic more soft you know spoken folky kind of the music right above the dance heavy and people laughing and having a great time down at the martini yeah, bar below so I'd need to say. rethink that planning <laughs> <laughs> one thing that really defines a cruise ship is how it handles uh during sea days as far as the passenger flow and crowd control both inside and outside of the ship how was celebrity constellation for you at sea so we had two sea days on this itinerary um the first sea day was really was was not terribly great weather-wise. Um, it was definitely overcast all day. There were a few points of the day where it was, we had some brief showers. So we didn't really attempt to spend much time outside on, on the first sea day. On the second sea day, we walked around a little bit. We opted to actually hang out in the solarium, which mm-hmm. is where the indoor uh, thalassotherapy pool is. But in terms of you know walking around, kind of looking at how the space was, it uh, it seemed like you could you could get you could get a lounger pretty readily. Celebrity is pretty aggressive at discouraging chair hogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have they have pool stu- uh, stewards that walk around, and I saw you know a few of the little cards that they'll place where <clears throat> it says you know you've you've been gone for more than 30 minutes we have you know moved your stuff to the whatever the area is that they they keep people's stuff in and you know and put this little card there to to let people know hey you can't just abandon your stuff here and leave for hours on end so they do a pretty good job of monitoring that yeah absolutely that's awesome uh so the ports of call you hit on this sailing you hit key west and cozumel Mm -hmm. so uh give us the highlights of cozumel and then key west Okay, and that's the order that we we hit them in. Okay, um, and that's that's important from a uh, from an immigration perspective, and I can t- touch on that a little bit later. Um, so, we had only been to Cosmo one other time. Uh, that was on our original Western Caribbean cruise when we had done an excursion, a ship's excursion on that cruise to Tulum, which is phenomenal. Love seeing those ruins, um, but we didn't really do anything else or see anything else in Cosmo. So this time around was interested in just kind of spending the time in Cozumel and having a relaxing day. So we'd had cruising friends of ours who had raved about 
a beach club mm-hmm. called Nachi Kokom. And they said, you know, you, you got, we love this, go check it out. So I did my research on that. Um, what's nice about Nachi is that they cap daily attendance at 100 people. Mm-hmm. And I would say the day that we were there, there were maybe 30 people total. Wow. So it's very, very quiet, um, very relaxed. So they, they talk about the fact, this is not, if you're looking for the spring break kind of party atmosphere, this ain't the beach club for you. Okay. This is designed to be, you know, adults oriented, relaxing, chill out, et cetera. Um, so that was really appealing to us. It's an all-inclusive in that your food and drinks are included, lounger, and it was all for $55 per person which we thought was an incredible an incredible deal. deal. Yeah. <laughs> so there was one other couple on our cruise critic roll call that had said that they were going to Nachi as well. So we had made arrangements to to meet up and share a cab. So it ended up for four people our, our per person cost for a cab ride was like $4, $5 maybe with a tip. Awesome. So that that was great. And uh, it took about mm, 10 15 minutes I guess drive time from the port to Nachi. And it was just, it was a picture perfect day. Temperatures in the upper 70s, blue skies, you know, that postcard looking view. Water temperature was was nice. It was a, a little bit refreshing the first time you got in, but mm-hmm. it, it quickly, you quickly acclimated. And it was, it was great. There were, you know, they, they do have some limited activity offerings. So, you know, occasionally somebody would come by and say, you know, are you interested in doing parasailing or snorkeling or, um, couple other different options. You could get massages uh, in a cabana on the beach, et cetera. And, you know, that was nice. Um, if Options if you wanted to do that. We didn't. We just wanted to chill. Um, so we just said, no, no thanks. We're not interested. And, and it wasn't like it was a really hard sell or anything. And mm-hmm. after a couple times, you know, you weren't bothered again if you didn't want to do anything. And that was okay. The food was excellent. It was probably the spiciest pico de gallo I've ever had in my life. It was awesome. <laughs> Drinks were great. So yeah, all in all, it was a it was a fabulous day. I highly recommend Nachi if you're interested in in a quiet, relaxing kind of a day. Yeah, we'll put the link to Nachi in the show notes at cruiseradio.net. I'm getting short on time here, Kristen, but let's uh, okay. briefly talk about Key West real quick. Okay. So um, so this was our first time in Key West, and we had decided that. Everything was was quite walkable. Um, it's pretty a fairly compact uh, area in the downtown area. So we just did our own, on our own walking tour. Uh, we stopped at the little White House and did did the tour of that. And we also went to the Hemingway House and Museum and did the tour there as well. Um, so in total, we we probably walked about seven miles or so around the island. Walked down to that southernmost point marker where you see everybody taking the photo of this is the southernmost point in the United States, mm-hmm. ninety miles to Cuba. So of course had to do that. Um, again, it was another nice day in Key West, um, but what was really cool. I know the big thing in Key West is everybody comes out to watch the sunset, and we were supposed to leave port about five o'clock. So figuring, ah, yeah, I think we're going to kind of miss that. Well, there was one other ship in port with us. They left first, mm-hmm. and then the way that we were positioned in the in the at the dock at the pier, we had to make a a uh, hundred and eighty degree turnaround in the harbor in order to leave. And so our captain was really slow and getting us off the pier and making us turning around. And so he had it timed just perfectly that we were able to watch the full sunset before we actually left Key West. So that was awesome. Amazing. Yeah, I got to say, let's get your final thoughts of Celebrity Constellation. 
Well, celebrities really kind of marketing these days as the modern luxury uh, style of cruising. And I have to say, you know, that that's that's very appealing. We were very impressed with our time in Aqua Class. We really felt like Celebrity has, has taken steps to, to increase and improve their entertainment offerings and also their dining options. While we didn't dine in the main dining room because we were in blue, uh, we did kind of peruse the menus. And it does seem like they've really worked hard on revamping the menus um, since when uh, we had sailed with them before mm-hmm. and thought that was great as well. So, And I can see why constellation or connie is kind of their nickname is really a a pretty well-regarded ship in the celebrity fleet so we were very pleased with our cruise we've been talking with Kristen, her and her husband scott just returned back from a five-night western caribbean sailing aboard celebrity constellation if you want to see Kristen's review her detailed review i'll link to it in the show notes at cruiseradio.net Kristen, my dear thank you so much for being on the show and have a good evening you're absolutely welcome thanks A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.